Hey, everybody, and welcome to Put Me On Speaker podcast with your host, Ellen Percy. I'm here with Angel, and he is the owner of uh, the Dance House downtown in San Diego, California. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you so much. Uh, just to be clarified, my wife's the founder, and she, I, I let her doing it all by herself right now. What you're letting the, her do it all by yourself? The dance house, yeah. So yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm running to other companies myself, but okay. uh, yeah, it was definitely something at a need with all the companies we were running. <laughs> okay, no, that's awesome. Jamie's awesome as well. She's um, amazing. Yes, yeah. she is. Okay, so let's get into it. So let's talk about you know the dance world, and um, so to start off with all of that how did you get into uh the dance scene the dance world what kind of started you off um first thank you for having me on here it's exciting to see you you look amazing <laughs> thank oh you God. good to see you happy good morning thank you good morning <laughs> happy to see you i'm so glad you're here yeah yeah um gosh you know the dance um my mom and my dad were dance teachers so i grew up with it and it's kind of a cultural thing. My mom grew, grew up in uh, Hawaii, so uh, learning those cultural dance forms, and then also from Texas. So there was like ballet folkloric and Polynesian dance mixed cultural stuff that we learned okay, as children. Awesome. Yeah, and then uh, my mom also had two sacred dance companies, so I was exposed to people going two hundred percent in freestyle and worship and in movement. I think that was really powerful to see. Yeah. Wow, no, that is awesome. I I recently went to Hawaii and they do um the drum circles and they have the fire and I seriously oh it just is so mesmerizing to like freely dance and to have the mm. drums beating and to be in like the drum circles and moving with everybody. I think it's I think that's super awesome. So for you to kind of grow up in that um scene. I think it's really beautiful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I did a lot of gymnastics, too, when we were children. So, like, as you know, as you are a gymnast, you know how wonderful it is to have this, like, sword sharpened, this mm -hmm. body, you know? And when you go into something like dance, it's, like, explosive because you're already you're so familiar with your body. Yeah. You're so strong. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have a work ethic. I, I believe uh, athletes really have a certain kind of focus. Yeah. No, like, they do. recreational dance. Yeah. They do. It's, yeah, definitely. It's it's different to see um, dancers who, you know, only grew up in dance and didn't actively do other sports because dancing, I feel, is an art form, but it's a very, um, it's an athletic art form. And so to come from a sports background and then enter the dance world it's it's very different because i think you uh your perspective is so different in the way that how you set your goals how you achieve things how you go after things how you develop and i think um yes when you're a dancer you have to set goals because you're trying to improve but there's less of a structure on how to do that and how to form formulate that growth in yourself it's kind of just like oh well if I get this skill I move up to this level especially if you're doing studio dancing then it's kind of like yeah. oh I just have to get 
down these things um, versus having kind of like a plan and like that work ethic to get there. So, right. I think uh, social media has really bridged that gap for people to have like access to inspiration mm-hmm. and then just open source education. I think yeah. a lot of people have spent this time during COVID to uh, make it like a great pause and reevaluate their life and spend the time doing what they really love doing. So when recently after COVID, it's been an explosion of dancers and yeah. people that want to dance and teach and do their own kind of stuff. They were testing it out during COVID. I can uh-huh. see them. They come into the space and they want to try a class and just yeah. see how it is. And yeah, yeah it's especially- really cool. Especially after not moving and and not having access to that for so long. And then you see Mm -hmm. all this stuff online and you're like, oh, that's actually pretty cool. Oh, I kind of want to try that. Oh, like, where is that place? Let me let me go there and like check it out. I want to try it for myself. And yeah, I think a lot of people definitely did get into dance and just hobbies in general um right a lot of new spaces yeah like a lot of people a lot of divorces a lot of my clients are going through divorces new homes relocations new way of living and Mm -hmm. i think part of like we were talking about stepping into that new identity or new archetype um part of that new identity was dance for people yeah they were so excited about it yeah Yeah. and it is it's it's definitely a transforming um skill it's um art form it it transforms you into um another person or it brings you back to who you are inside and you're like oh I didn't realize that about myself because I am not used to moving this way one of my um old dance teachers she actually said um she never learned to crawl and um she didn't know why she never learned to crawl she went from um like i don't know like rolling you know a bit regular um baby activities and um behavior to walking once she was ready and um they were confused why she was never able to crawl and she said through movement, she was able to dive deep and um, learn about herself in a way that she realized and she was able to find out why her body didn't allow her to crawl, why she wasn't able to as a child, which is so mm. intense, you know? Yeah, so much introspection. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love how dance can hold that kind of space for people. And give them a chance to like think about their childhood and the inner child. How can I mm-hmm. develop that inner child in a moment of play and mm-hmm. uh, exposure with with seeing other people see me and dance? Like yeah. dance doesn't have to be in group setting. I love how dance can be at home, mm-hmm. and then we film it and like see what I what we look like, what space we're not do, uh, going towards, what parts are like fearful. I feel like people like stop themselves from fully expanding in different locations because. It's resistance of like yeah. their mindset. Like it has to be this way, but dance is so freeing. It could be any way. Yeah. I think well, bring it back to my parents. They gave me permission to explore any movement by just saying all movement is valid. All of it. Mm-hmm. This is cool. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> right. I feel like that's something that I actually learned from you mm-hmm. um, is 
you're like, it's okay to move in these like weird things, which is now crazy because that's something that I teach my students because they're like, they feel like they have to move in this like box in this square and it has to like look like this or they stop moving. And I'm like, right. and I definitely was like that before I had like met you and like taken your classes and worked with you. I was definitely like, no, it has to like look a certain way it has to look like this and I'm clearly not right. doing it and it's wrong and it's wrong like movement isn't wrong it's never wrong it's just how um, your body is choosing to express itself and mm. maybe there's different like pathways that your body hasn't learned of yet right. um, and so you kind of have to develop that and it was really good for me to get uncomfortable to move in uncomfortable mm. ways because I feel like if you can move past um if you can move past the uncomfortable stages you can get into the really beautiful movement the movement that's connected the transitions everything flowing together and creating mm. beautiful art but you have to get past what's keeping you stuck and what's keeping you in an uncomfortable movement pattern I guess right I mean that's kind of like a life lesson right yeah like a lot of people get caught up in the transitions of life and they just can't see them see over the horizon line but if you have so much focus about where you're going you just kind of skip over all those transitions and you're like I'm gonna be over there yeah <laughs> You yeah, know, like I, it's least resistance that's possible. But people get caught up in the transitions because they're either like, like uh, putting their own self aside to assimilate for someone else's expectation. Mm -hmm. You know, they've created a, such a high expectation because they, their their community is expecting that of them. They think, yeah, yeah. right, right. We always have but, these set expectations, just, right. But it is about letting go and learning to like be at least resistance. But I love that about dance. It's constantly reminding us about that. Yeah. 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 It's like, and a lot of our movement and the ways we move really does remind us of how to live and how it can reflect what's going on in our lives too. Because you're like, oh, I'm really, I'm really uncomfortable going there. But it's like, okay, why am I uncomfortable? going there and what about my mentality like maybe maybe it's it's the fact that um you're uncomfortable being seen then it's like okay well why am I uncomfortable being seen that goes deeper than dance and so a lot yeah. of times dance can teach us those lessons that maybe other things aren't able to you know I lately uh that's beautiful uh it reminds me of like the sacred dance part you know, for somebody to come in and prompt you while you're in movement and be like, okay, give you a suggestion to think about something, give you permission to feel something. And then also like recognize how that feels in that moment and then talk about it. Like, give yeah. you, let it go, let it be, let's find, let's explore other avenues of solutions. And it's really beautiful to explore deeper in that psyche that mindset and explore if you're comfortable with it and mm -hmm. it's like you really do 
confront yourself. Why am I uncomfortable right now? Mm-hmm. Why am I crying? Why am I shaking? Yeah. Why? Yeah, all these things. Yeah, and to have people bear witness to that is like incredible transformation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ever since I started House of Psyche, this dance company, uh, Sacred Dance Company, I felt like I needed to do that for mm-hmm. my. Um, looking back at my own heritage and what was the lessons my parents were giving me and having trying to find gratitude and like so much appreciation for all the successes and trauma, mm-hmm. but that's what shaped me who I am today. Yeah. And um, how can I reinvent the sacred dance company that I am doing today? And during COVID, it's been such a blessing to have for me and for other people, yeah. like people going through rehab and uh, just sobriety and then mm-hmm. working through all that energy that excitement and re- trying to alchemize it because it's being redirected and you hold space for somebody and they're crying their eyes out and it's like their their heart is open and they're dancing so passionately and freely it's like other people are starting to cry yeah yeah and <laughs> yeah, i think really that's beautiful. really what dance is have you ever heard of the saying i feel like this is so common in like studios um mm-hmm. it, i probably in sports too um but the saying, leave it all at the front door, leave it right. at the front door. As soon as you enter this space and you enter um, the dance floor, you're going to leave. You're going to leave your trauma. You're going to leave your your thoughts. You're going to leave your bad day. You're going to leave all your experiences, whatever is going on outside. You can right. resume that when you enter. I mean, when you exit the classroom. But as soon right. as you enter, that's all going to go away. But it's so weird that we say that because what is dance? Why do people dance? We dance to feel ourselves. We dance for emotion. It's it dancing can be acting, but can also, you can just let it be in a, a free expression of what you're feeling and emotions that you've already felt before. And it, when you have a performance, it's like, it's like how, you know, the difference between a mediocre actor and a really good actor, a really good actor draws from their own experiences and their own emotions. So when they're crying on screen, they're thinking about maybe someone that died in their family, or maybe they're yeah. thinking about some traumatic experience that happened because they had to pull from that emotion. And that's why it looks so realistic. And that's why it makes us cry because they were able to pull from their own emotions and show us that, it's okay for us to feel that with them. And yeah. it's the same for dance when we're having a performance. It's it's not, let me fake this emotion. You can tell the difference between a dancer who's faking an emotion and a, a dancer who's feeling their emotions because right. a faked emotion is like, ah, oh, ooh, ah. Like when they make the the facial expressions, you're supposed to do this, on, uh, make this face on this count, make smile on this count, you know, rather than right. this dance connects to me personally this is how i'm feeling this is how i want to dance this is how i'm choosing to express mm-hmm. and um allowing the emotions to flow through you and freely express yourself and i think that's a lot of the reasons why people even love dance is is because we get to feel our emotions and express how we're feeling even right. if maybe sometimes we don't get to do that in our everyday life. Maybe it's harder for other people to talk about their emotions. Maybe it's hard for people to um, release their emotions in other ways. But some people, their only form of releasing their emotions is to dance. 
Right. You know, replying to what you were saying about how some people were like, you know, leave it at the door, mm-hmm. don't bring it in. I think that's definitely very typical to like a classroom setting where you have a teacher and they have a projection that they're going to teach you and like you can't complicate it with like the outside emotions and then there's that mm-hmm. awkward space where the performer is like oh, well you told me to leave my emotions at the door and now you want me to perform how do I tap into that so they're yeah. now the, trying to become this facilitator of their own space and that's a, a mature thing to do and I think it transitions to when the teacher starts to give like prompts say hey I'm now I'm gonna give you I'm gonna facilitate space for you Oh, I'm sorry. Hold on one second. Um, there we go. Can you still see me? Yeah. Okay. Um, so when you facilitate space, you're like, okay, I want you to feel this emotion, but you have the art- artist's ability to turn into whatever. Um, I'm going to let you take over the space with your artistry. You're you're going to fill it up. I'm just facilitating this container. Mm-hmm. You have these boundaries. Yeah. And I think it's different, you know, a different experience than I've noticed the big difference. And then some people like want that wide open container. I just want to freely move and be wherever I want. And when you're doing choreography, it's like so like yeah. precise yeah. and everything you get. I ran across that on my sacred dance company where people were amazing dancers, beautiful. And the minute we started going into choreography, they had they had hit a plateau. Oh, Self-evaluation yeah. is dance for me. Can I mean, is this what dance is for? And I'm like, well, no, let's dial it back. Let's start doing more embodiment practices, mm-hmm. stuff that remind you of your your ability to dance. Yeah. And then I watched them and new company members came on and those new company members didn't realize they, they had that self-evaluation and think that person's phenomenal dancer, phenomenal teacher. And they just gave them, they had to go through that. Yeah. Just and become this amazing, like, teacher dancer choreographer like yeah person. yeah there's yeah. definitely that boundary that you have to set because I I personally think that it's annoying when I'm in a class and the teacher's trying to give instructions and then you and then there's that like one person that's like I don't even care about the instructions I'm just gonna move <laughs> my body <laughs> and they're just like dancing in the room and you're like hey what are you doing right like please stop like if anything like you're distracting the whole class and you're distracting yourself because you're not even learning oh my gosh that's my (laughs) whole experience growing up as a dancer like my mom and my dad we grew up like freeform dance nonstop. Uh, so when i just hear music i'm like let's go you know and (laughs) everyone's like standing there and then i like that was the biggest complaint can you stay still (laughs) i was like i'll try (laughs) (laughs) i'll try yeah yeah but i I resonate with that it can be solely distracting and yeah 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 Yeah, but But, yeah there's definitely those boundaries that you have to do and i think i think you're right about um being able to um almost have that sort of technique as a facilitator to be like this is the time that you need to pay attention and just focus in on on this movement on these steps and now that we have the steps in now you can perform and you can incorporate your feelings and add your emotion to it um so Mm -hmm. I think there's definitely a little bit of both and never you know just the teaching expert yeah just just the teaching right um because 
you kind of meet in the middle at that like beautiful place and you're able to create that art while having the correct technique and instruction to do so right i mean this might not might be my only opinion but um i think a great choreographer will work with the dancers and their skill set and how they are going to move and adjust their plan to showcase the best kind of performance i think so too i think i think the best choreographers do that because you can add i feel like a lot of studios especially like in my experience a lot of studios they just want you to add in five turns like oh like it's just gonna look so good to do five turns and it's like but if you don't know how to do the five turns it's not going to look good it's not right it doesn't matter how many turns you add in it's not impressive it's more impressive to do one turn and have a solid hold at the end and be like wow right that was an amazing turn one turn that was an amazing turn then to be like oh my gosh i'm doing all these cool movements and uh, i don't i don't actually know how to do it it doesn't look good i'm bombing it but like i'm doing it like it's so cool like it's just a mess it's just a mess at that point so i think everyone has their strengths and their weaknesses like flexibility i mean i'm probably more flexible than most people right but flexibility compared to dancers that like are insanely flexible where you're like that's like circus yeah circus (laughs) and you're like oh my gosh like that is not my strength and so but like things that are my strengths aren't always going to be other people's strengths and so you need to cater to the person individually and how their body moves because a lot of the times even um the movement style can really affect how good something is going to look performed um Mm -hmm. because all of our body structures are different so um different styles are going to look better if someone wants to do a um jazz routine but their body like isn't built for jazz then it's probably better to do something that cater towards their movement everyone can do everything anything that they want i'm not saying like it has to be you have to do a certain style that fits your body but um when you're performing like you should really cater to that person's strengths Right. Like they know how to use their body. Like if you feel like yeah. a model, they know how to position their body. They know what parts that are flattering. Yeah. And a, a great choreographer will notice that about somebody. Like, ooh, you're doing good at that part. Yeah. You're doing good at that part. Like, let's accentuate that part and mm-hmm. be flexible in that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, I love watching like for warm up and stuff like that. I do a lot of mirroring work where I have people like flock and follow each other and exchange movement yeah. and just remind themselves of like, you know, oh, you get in front of somebody that's a totally different style and like, ooh, I remember I used to love that too. Let's go, you know, and <laughs> yeah. uh, somebody else is more contemporary and you're like, ooh, I haven't done that in so long. Yeah. Let's go, you know, and I love that reminding. You know, even though like we might come from different backgrounds, we might get inspired. Like, I'm going to feed that inner child that wanted to always do that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah, technique can be so like rigid, Mm -hmm. you know, like that you have to be a certain way. But then like dance can be anything. Yeah. Like this is dance. Like, yeah. Just bumping your head. (laughs) Yeah. Right, right, right. 
but um yeah a lot of life lessons and dance I, I loved it yeah. um where did you ever did you ever run through like a really difficult time in your life and dance was there for you um I think I think a lot of the time I think a lot <laughs> of the time dance was there for me um I yeah I really was um struggling with huh, emotional um like <laughs> like um the abuse at home and I was really struggling with um you know uh parents and family and so um and then also like school was insanely hard for me and I don't know if it had to do with the fact that like I, I was so busy constantly but also like I don't think I could even focus my brain long enough to do my homework like I was the girl anyone that went to school <laughs> with me will know this like I was the girl known for not doing her homework I would never do my homework never and I would always get in trouble for it and I think I actually had to like repeat anyways like one semester of something in summer school because <laughs> I couldn't finish my homework but anyways like I don't think I could even like focus my brain long enough to get the work done I don't think I had the tools I don't think I had the support um I was struggling with a lot of things I was struggling with my home life and so oh I hate crying we are here <laughs> we are here we are here <laughs> um and so going to dance, um, I felt like I could express my emotions because I never told, I never told anyone what was going on. I never told mm -hmm. anyone what was happening to me. Probably like my best friend Jessica knew and that was pretty much it. Like everything else was just like, I'm happy. I put a smile on my face. Nobody knows what's going on. Everyone thinks I'm this this quiet, like, innocent girl when really, like, there's so much going on, but I can't express it and I can't show it. And people are going to go to jail if I say anything. So I'm going to shut my mouth. I'm going to do what I have to do. Um, and I'm going to push through it. And I'm just going to dance. And, I'm, and when I dance, I'm just going to let out all my emotions, which was... Um, scary too because I also didn't want to dance because movement was a form of releasing my emotions but I also wasn't used to releasing my emotions in front of people so mm. um so that was terrifying that was yeah. absolutely terrifying like I didn't want to fully express myself because I was like people are gonna see who I am and people are gonna see behind my face and my smile and people are gonna maybe see what's going on and I don't want that so I would just like shut down completely like it's not okay um to fully express myself and I think that's why like it took me so much longer to really develop that side of me and that dancer mm -hmm. aspect of me um because I was so you know I wanted these skills and I wanted these this movement and I wanted to move a certain way but I didn't want to allow myself 
to move that way. I wasn't giving myself the permission that I needed to mm-hmm. um, develop that kind of movement. Right. You know, I totally resonate with your your feeling and your the amount of time it took to acceptance. Like I, you know, I looking back at my childhood and being in front of parents that are dance teachers and my mom holding this like sacred dance company and watching everybody go 200%. It was like intense and uh, intimidating. Like I was going through my own like physical trauma and abuse at that time. And I couldn't, I was having the same dialogue that you were just saying yeah. with myself. And I was just like, Oh my God, it's so intimidating. And I would do whatever my mom asked me to do, but like I was empty. Like yeah. I wasn't, I held back my feelings and it wasn't even until college where I like, I got rhythm. Oh, I have all yeah. this kind of foundation, uh-huh. you know, and I'm going to go through the roof. And it took years of being in like, I call it Peter and Pan land, you know, mm-hmm. fantasy land through dance. And it wasn't until much, much later where I started to like address my fears you know, yeah. around dance and being vulnerable yeah. and even like sober, you know, like you, you go to a club or something and people need a few drinks to like dance. Yeah. To and like, like loosen with, up. right. Yeah. My wife and I would, we challenged that when we were, before we were married, we, we tried to do a year and a half of no drinking and, and celibacy, but um, awesome. yeah, it was great. Hard. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I'm, um, I'm sure that it had a lot of other effects too, like beneficial sure. effects. It definitely did. We wanted to see like the worst of ourselves before we got married and be like, this is the life person I, I want to be with and make yeah. a mature decision yeah. and not just be intoxicated with, with love. Yeah. You know, um, but, you know, I think it was really difficult when we got rid of the alcohol and it, like we were going to the dance floor and we're like so awkward and we had to confront those feelings. It, we used to have these beautiful mashups of just like letting go, uh, con- like contact improv in a club. Mm-hmm. And Which, for two hours. Yeah. Like, and drop. that can be that can be hard. Really <laughs> right, hard. Right. But we can't create that sober and we're like trying to do that. And it was so powerful when we did get, get over that hump. Yeah. 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 Which is so yeah. amazing and very right. powerful. And I think you said uh you would hold back your emotions, but I think even more so, like sometimes that'd be me, sometimes I would have no emotion. I'm like, I don't even know, I'm just doing this movement. And then other times I would go into classes where that teacher would provoke that emotion um, Mm -hmm. through the movement. And then I'd be like crying in the class Mm -hmm. and I'd be learning so much about myself, but I also like Mm -hmm. just didn't want to accept it. And I was like, Oh, this is so embarrassing. Like these emotions are being brought up in the dance. And then also I really, really struggled with, um just really harsh negative self-talk and so um whenever those emotions would come up I would just like shut myself down to the max like be super hard on myself be super rude and disrespectful and you know say things that I shouldn't say to myself or anyone for that matter like it should never have happened but um Sorry, this is like giving me That's a okay. of the time. Okay. Um, so you know, um I think I would try to exclude my emotions and then at some point it would just get brought up. And I don't think that I started accepting that until 
um, probably once I moved to Utah, I had a dance teacher that was very, very um, much about connecting to your inner child and connecting deeply. The one that I was saying that mm. she learned why she wasn't able to crawl. Mm. Um, and so I learned a lot of those lessons on allowing myself to feel and yeah. then and then it was really nice to have the experience of dancing with you because it kind of went hand in hand after I was able to like feel my emotions and then have the training of like all movements okay and like it's okay mm -hmm. to move in these different ways then it was like it was like okay like my emotions are valid I'm able to understand and feel myself and then also like it's okay to explore all this different kinds of movement so like putting those two together I feel like really enhanced my growth totally totally yeah it's so beautiful to have someone like that and be able to connect to the larger frame of community and then also have so much introspection to like check your ego and really like let's heal the cracks in this frame yeah. And like clean up the muck off this mirror so I can be a better service to the community. Yeah. You know, how is someone else going to see themselves in me if I am a wreck? Yeah. <laughs> or I have, I have like foggy goggles, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful to work with somebody that will give you clarity. It's yeah. It's such a wonderful thing. Yeah. No, it was, it was, it was amazing to have. And I, I always say like, I would never have become the person that I am today if I didn't move like mm. I knew I needed to move I had a deep feeling inside of me like even if even if it wasn't the most like ideal or like pleasing thing like I just felt it inside of me and mm. so many great things mm. developed from that yeah yeah you know home is wherever we go wherever yeah. we put our heart at and I, that can be represented in faith that can be represented you know i think just studying the structures of faith you know like what's keeping me believe in my belief system in something positive or negative yeah what are the structures there that are keeping me to go always go back to thinking that way yeah and I, yeah I, it's a beautiful thing to do to explore study belief mm -hmm. and belief in yourself and belief in others yeah. Because even for myself, I don't put it past anybody. Like I don't believe I believe everybody will do me wrong. So I'm less disappointed. But I also believe like people will do the right thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. How so it's <laughs> how does that work? How does that work? Um, you know, I just don't put it past anybody. You know, like if I leave my stuff out and I'm being like my wallet's on the table mm -hmm. I, and I leave them alone, like if, if something gets stolen. I wouldn't, it's my fault for leaving that stuff out. Okay. I'm not, I'm going to not put it past anybody to steal something from me yeah. by just gathering my stuff and always making sure it's there. I'm not living in fear. I'm just living more responsibly yeah. or like my own actions. But then I also relieve myself from when someone does have to disappointment, my expectations are a lot lower. You know, I don't have super mm -hmm. high expectations that are so unrealistic, which I think a lot of people do. They have super high expectations of others that the minute they they disappoint them, they hit the ground so hard and they go into this deep sorrow and they feel that. Yeah. You know, and, it's and they also put having... high expectations. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> it's, it's almost like having that trust in yourself of like, 
whatever happens is going to be okay. Like I'm going to be okay, you know, because, because to not fall so hard when somebody disappoints you is because in internally, you know, you're going to be okay, you know? And I feel like that's why it wouldn't affect you so much um, is because you are just solid and you understand that responsibility for yourself yeah I think also the fact that I have a good like healthy practice every day routine and ritual that I meet with people that know me I go on walks with them they remind me of my archetype my power my control over my like this sword Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know and um people that don't have connection to community and they ultimately just suffering from sadness and loneliness those things can really destroy a person's life and yeah. other people's lives, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Because yeah. if you're yeah. not in the right space, you're not going right. to be, you're not going to be giving anything good to anyone else. Right. Well, that right. Makes sense. Yeah, and um, it's so important for teachers, too, to, like, they're creating narratives and stories for people to adapt to. So if they come from a negative space or like not knowing how to hold space for those people that are going into those deep sensitive areas, it can become tra- like traumatizing. Mm-hmm. You know, you go to a class and then you end up running away crying because nobody was there to see you or help you soften your experience. Yeah. 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 I think, I think someone holding space for you is so important. You can hold space in so many different aspects in so many different ways whether whether you know someone's crying in front of you and you're just like I'm here I'm here for you whether um someone's feeling something in class and you're like it's okay to feel that emotion it's okay like uh, I'm allowing you I am you know being okay in who I am and I'm I'm being able to hold that space for you as you feel this emotion, as you go through this experience, I'm holding the space for you. And I think it's super helpful for, for people to do that, to see you, to hear you. And also just to have a space where you're not judged and someone just accepting you. And maybe if you're not even accepting yourself to have someone accept that for you so that you don't have to carry that acceptance there's this uh this reminds me of a practice they do in like some tribal communities mm-hmm. they'll have the whole entire tribe create a circle and then like one person in the middle they'll just start talking at one person and they'll just keep on talking everyone's listening and eventually they'll go into a rant and like that persecutor one the inner voice will come in and be like and and what the tribe will do is they'll have like some great facilitators or you know leaders in the community just chime in and be like take a breath Mm. you know and they continue talking and they and everybody has a turn Uh and i think the power of being seen and then being feeling safe in a container um that's so powerful i think that change learning that made me learn how to like be the true definition of community yeah and the flame of others before my own Wow. And like, we yeah. can all do that together. Yeah. yeah. It's so beautiful. No, that is really beautiful. Okay. Yeah. So we are running out of time. We have like two oh, minutes no. left. So um, 
So to kind of wrap this up is, um, do you have any advice for people who are maybe trying to discover themselves, trying uh, ways that they can feel their emotions or, mm-hmm. um, you know, develop themselves into a better version, you know? Mm. Um, I think starting off with, you know, good walks with people that know you, um, just to get realignment of like your vision and reminding yourself who you are and, uh, finding people that really know you is important, like long-term, yeah. uh, being very selective with that. And then also just practicing as different modalities as possible, you know, comment, like doing voice singing and rapping or beatboxing and then incorporating that with your your movement and like other cultures already understood that like in the hip-hop culture they have understood that and the tribal culture they understood that polynesian culture they have you know the singing and the voice it's really transformative to mix those things and then also exploring music and instruments once you start to get into like movement uh, mechanics Mm -hmm. you really start to explore yourself more but um being vulnerable is a really hard thing to do by yourself mm-hmm. and i think finding that community somebody that's going to explore this space with you uh is really important yeah. so i yeah. totally agree i think vulnerability is the most powerful thing um i think we're timing out here thank you so much for jumping on with me and talking and for everybody else uh where can we find you on instagram or yeah, um, sure. So if you go on Instagram, my handle is Wolf of Village. And then we also have uh, a sacred dance company you can look up called House of Psyche, but it has dots in between each word. So house dot of dot psyche. Beautiful. Thank yeah. you so much. Um, I hope you guys have a happy Monday. This will be released on Monday.